Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through a 90-second clip from an Australian TV show that I've watched this clip five times. It's just amazing. Every moment in it is just uh, incredible. And I, I want to take you through it, and uh, you'll be able to, to grok it by listening to it, but you got to see it, too. you got to see it, too. You can see it. You can see all the podcasts in video form by becoming a premium subscriber to Rebel News. Go to premium rebelnews.com. It's eight bucks a month, and you get the video version of this podcast, plus Sheila Gunn Reed's TV show, plus David Menzies' show. All right, here's the podcast. Tonight, a daytime talk show bullies a private citizen for being a good wife and mother. It's so gross, but it reminds us who the media are. It's February 13th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I came across this video on Twitter. It's a clip from the Today Show in Australia. I wouldn't have seen it otherwise, of course, if it weren't on Twitter. It's been watched millions of times online, surely more than the actual broadcast. It's in an Australian accent. But this show and this format and the demographic who's watching it is pretty much identical to similar shows in Canada, the United States, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, probably other Western countries too. I think it's actually a very female audience who watches shows like this on daytime TV. You can tell that by the subject matter of the shows, by the look and the sound of the set and the hosts. And that's who's largely watching TV during the day. Anyways, here's the tweet that I saw. A Brisbane mum has been slammed, look at those capital letters, after revealing online, revealing, She's confessing it, that she doesn't go to bed until the house is clean and wakes up at 4.30 a.m. to make her husband breakfast and coffee. What do you think about this? I'll play the clip for you in a second. There's a video clip. But whenever you read a story that says, the Internet says, or people online are mad, you know you're entering a meadow of BS because that's not journalism. That's not news. I mean, I know this is a light, empty daytime talk show, but still, whenever a journalist says, people online say, that's just code for, I say this, but I don't quite have the courage to say it in my own name, and I don't really have any authoritative basis for it, so I'll just say, everyone's talking. It's such a lazy trick. You can literally find anyone saying something or anything online. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube comments. People online are saying this. Yeah, and now you're saying it because you want to say it. Just admit it. Because you could have literally picked anything online if that's your own standard. But back to the tweet. Brisbane mom slammed after revealing online that she doesn't go to, the bed, to bed until the house is clean and wakes up at 4.30 a.m. to make her husband breakfast and coffee. What do you think about this? So she doesn't go to bed until the house is clean. Okay. I mean, don't many households aspire to that? Generally, people clear the dinner table after dinner, right? I mean, I guess if you had a really late dinner party one night, you might leave some cleanup till the next morning, but 
is cleaning up the dinner table before you go to bed really a shocking thing to do? To clear the table, I, I think that's maybe what was supposed to be dramatic here was waking up at 4.30 in the morning, which is dramatic, to make her husband breakfast and coffee. I mean, that's really early 4.30, uh, but I'm guessing that it means her husband wakes up that early too. I mean, you wouldn't wake up at 4.30 a.m. to make coffee and breakfast for someone if they weren't getting up till 6 or 7 a.m. I mean, I'm guessing he could be getting up at 5 a.m., but look, I'm not a master chef. It typically only takes me about 10 minutes to make toast and eggs and coffee, doesn't it? So, wow, she's getting up that early. That is early, but doesn't that mean he's getting up early too? I'll play the video for you now, but you can see how this is set up. Um, this mom is scandalous, worthy of discussion, worthy of being slammed in capital letters, worthy of being picked apart on national TV and now around the world on the internet because she admits to doing some domestic chores. And of course, the worst part is that she made breakfast for her husband, as opposed to, I guess, each of them standing next to each other, cooking eggs separately on the stove at the same time. I don't know. I, I think the word slammed was put in capital letters because I, I think even the Today Show knows that this is pretty weak stuff and they have to juice it up a bit to make sure you're angry at this woman. All right, let's play the full clip. I want to take you back to the 1950s, or at least that's what I thought when I read this Brisbane mum's Facebook post. Brooke Smith shared her routine online. Here's what she said. I always make sure I don't go to bed until everyone's lunches are packed, their clothes are set out for the next day, including my husband's, and the house is clean, dishwasher is on, and a load of washing is on. I always get up early, 4.30, with my husband to make his breakfast no. and coffee. Um... Go, Brooke. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I mean, I, I tell you what, though, Chris. I mean, a lot of people um, online are, are saying, well done, uh, are praising her. Who? Who are these people? <laughs> oh, has he hypnotised her or something? Who does this stuff? <laughs> Making his breakfast and then putting his clothes out of a night? Is he disabled or something? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, get a grip, get off your bum and do stuff yourself. My only theory is that she might actually like her husband and she might actually like to get up at 4.30 and spend yeah. some time yeah. I mean, I like my husband, but make your own bloody breakfast <laughs> and coffee. It I does. mean, you know. <laughs> the amazing thing, apparently this couple run an MMA fighting gym. Oh, like mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts and they also breed bulldogs, so they can do whatever they want. <laughs> I'm like, you're not arguing. Yeah. Hey, you know what, if it makes her happy, but, I mean, nothing in that list of things there, you know. And she's Slogan. got four children under the age of six. But did you see her photos too? She still had time to, like, make her hair yeah. look beautiful oh. and put her makeup she's on. Killing, women attacking she looks women. gorgeous. Yeah. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah, you're making yeah. the rest of us look bad. So let's go slowly a bit. This mum, Brooke, is a private person. She's not a public person. She's not a politician. She's got a Facebook page like two billion other people do. She's got some family photos, and I guess she's made the settings on her Facebook account so that strangers from the Today Show can creep through her family pictures and put them on TV without her permission. Um, she's not a celebrity, although you must admit she's very pretty, and her kids look very cute too, and, and she's telegenic, I think. Um, but the point is, she's, she's a private person who put her comments on a Facebook group for fellow mums 
who want to share tips mom to mom about how to deal with little issues around the house. I checked out the page. It's moms chatting together about household matters, sharing ideas and tips and being friends. It's normal humans being nice to each other. I think that's how moms give tips. Guys, I mean, I remember I had to change this strange LED light in our house. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't go on a Facebook page, guys helping guys. I, I searched for it on YouTube. I found a how-to video by some handy guy, watched it and did it. So that's how guys get household help. How do I fix this? You watch a YouTube video. You don't go to a support group. That's not a male way. The female way, I think, is a Facebook group where there's some camaraderie. That's all this Facebook mums page was. Mums chatting with mums privately, and this TV show is outraged by that. And the TV show chooses to pluck some mum from it and hold her up for national ridicule. That's creepy. That's a version of doxing. You know what I mean by that? D did you see that uh, uh, w one lady on the couch there who said what Brooke's family business is? Why are you giving me the full first name and last name and city and business details of a private mum and showing me pictures of her kids and then telling the world that she's being slammed? What's wrong with you? Look, I slam people all the time on this show, but they're public people in the public sphere. And I generally don't mention their kids unless their kids for some extraordinary reason are genuinely newsworthy and typically they themselves have already chosen to make them public in some way. We never interview children on our channel. But really, what, what, what is this show saying? What's this woman saying? She's saying she makes lunch in advance the night before. Okay, that's probably a good idea if you have to wake up at 4.30 a.m. So you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. to make lunch. Make lunch the night before. Good idea. Put it in the fridge. And she has a load of washing and, and puts the dishwasher on before going to bed. Is, isn't that the smartest time to put those on overnight? Even, even I have the brains to put the dishwasher on at the end of the day when everyone's done and let it go overnight. I'm, I'm finding this fact pattern really hard to be mad about. But boy, are they mad at her. That first TV presenter there, I, I Googled it, and her name is Alison Langdon. She seems really mad. Why? I mean, is it, isn't she a TV star, a celebrity? She's on TV. That's the highest heights in our culture today, not being a mom, but being on TV. Now, I went on Alison Langdon's Instagram page, and I saw this picture. And maybe I'm prowling around her page, but she positively advertises it on her site, so I think she wants me to look at her posed Photoshop pictures. And I saw this picture. So Alison Langdon is a mom too. And she wants you to know, because this is on her official page that she promotes on her website. So here she is talking about how exhausted she is. Look at that. That's a funny picture. She's practically falling asleep in the car while her little one is in the back falling asleep too. Here's another photo, and, and she writes, this is how my Friday night looks these days, watching Channel 9 News, reading the Today Show briefs for first day back at work, weekend today with David Campbell, Jane Atzo, etc. The joys of the modern day working mom. <laughs> okay, got it. So Brooke Smith, that gorgeous happy mom from Brisbane, what was that, four kids? Obviously loves her husband. So Brooke's got it all wrong. <laughs> but Alison Langdon, with those two beautiful kids who obviously want to play with her, it's Friday night, and she's saying, sorry, kids, uh, 
I, I got to read this briefing note for work. Um, the joys of the working mom. It's almost like she's saying that uh, ironically. Now that was posted by her last year. So she's had these little people and she's been working and she's got these briefing notes. I wonder if it's gotten worse for her or better. More stress. Kids can be demanding. And maybe she wishes she had someone waking up at 4.30 a.m. for her to make her coffee and breakfast. Someone who took care of all the household chores so she could go out there in the big bad world and make the money for the household. They really hated that 4.30 a.m. part. I checked on Google and it looks like Allison Langford's show, the Today Show, starts at 5.30 a.m. Just going by Google. I've never watched it, obviously. So she's on TV at 5.30 a.m. There's no way she's getting up later than 4.30 a.m. Because she's got to get to work and, and get all that TV makeup on. And so she's getting up that early, too. Was there maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of jealousy here? Maybe she wishes someone helped her a bit more? I want to take you back to the 1950s, or at least that's what I thought when I read this. Yeah, the 1950s. Stupid Brooke doesn't work for a large, soulless corporation getting up before dawn reading stupid briefing notes instead of playing with her beautiful kids on a Friday night. Stupid Brooke, get out of the 50s. What does this mean? Go, Brooke. <laughs> whatever. I'm not sure what go, Brooke, whatever means in Australian slang. I, I don't know what that means. I think it's like saying... Yeah, Brooke, if that makes you happy, you go do that, but I'm laughing at you. I think that's what it means. Yeah, sure, Allison, you really, really don't want what Brooke has. Sure you don't. And then some other guy who looks, I, I couldn't find his name on Google, looks like he's about 40 years old. He feels the need to chime in. Maybe he sees that Allison Langford is really digging a hole. And so he's really mad, too. Listen to him. Chris, I mean, a lot of people um, online are, are saying, well done, are praising her. Who? Who are these people? <laughs> oh, has he hypnotised her or something? Who does this stuff? <laughs> Making his breakfast and then putting his clothes out of a night? Is he disabled or something? Like, seriously. Like, get a grip. Get off your bum and do stuff yourself. Oh, yeah, that lazy husband. Get off your butt. <laughs> well, it sounds like that lazy husband is getting up at 4.30, or maybe he sleeps until 4.45 when his breakfast is ready. Uh, I'm guessing he's getting up at 4.45 to work. That's generally why guys get up that early. So he's probably not lazy, is he? And I'm just going to go out on a limb here. He probably works harder than some, I don't know, TV daytime commentator who sits on a couch and talks about gossip all day. Just a guess that any job is harder than that guy who's calling him lazy. But that beautiful, gorgeous wife, Brooke, she's impossible, says that Today Show man. She must be hypnotized. Because, come on, what wife would do that for me? Oh, did I say mean? I meant for him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that's called projection by psychologists. It looks like the Today Show celebrities are talking about Brooke from Brisbane. That's what they say they're doing. But I think they're really talking about their own lives. And that guy on the couch is angry that a woman who happens to be that pretty would be that nice. To her husband. So she's got to be stupid or duped or hypnotized because no woman is that 
nice to him, maybe? I don't know, what an unhappy lot they seem. And the thing about being unhappy is that sometimes maybe you cope with being unhappy by being mad at people who are happy and pull them down a bit, maybe. Well, there was another woman on the couch who briefly tried to defend Brooke, but Alison Langford wasn't having any of it. My only theory is that she might actually like her husband and she might actually like to get up at 4.30 and spend yeah. time yeah. with I mean, him. I like my husband, but make your own bloody breakfast <laughs> and coffee. I mean, you know. Sure you like your husband, Alison. I'm sure you do. But maybe you'd like him a little bit better if he got up at 4.30 a.m. to make you coffee before you put on the pants in the family and go to work at 5.30 a.m. for your talk show. Don't lie, of course you would. Any human being would. Alison Langford, the TV star, isn't grousing about, about getting up early to make her husband coffee. I'm guessing he sleeps in. Alison Langford, the happy TV star with the perfect life, is grousing that he, her husband, isn't getting up early to make her coffee and breakfast. That's my guess. I swear it's like these people are miserable and they're letting out years of pain by projecting this onto a mom, a private mom, a mom on a Facebook page, a nobody in the celebrity world who they wanted to puff up into the public person so they could rage at her. Look at this. Yeah. Hey, you know what, if it makes her happy, but I mean, nothing in that list of things there, you know. She never finished that sentence. If it makes her happy, to, to do what? To, to make a cup of coffee and breakfast for her husband? Sure. Do that if it makes you happy, you 1950s hypnotized woman. Jeez, if, if that's what they all think, that a basic chore, I swear it takes 10 minutes to make breakfast, uh, toast and eggs, even I know that. If that's considered so extreme parenting, extreme husbanding or wifing, that you'd be nuts to do it for your spouse. You have to be hypnotized to make coffee for your spouse. I can only imagine what they live like, what they think is normal. And then there's this. But did you see her photos too? She still had time to like make her hair yeah. look beautiful oh. and put her makeup she's on. Killing, women attacking she looks women. gorgeous. Yeah. I think she looks gorgeous. I think she's right. I think Brooke is gorgeous. Maybe that's what makes Alison Langford so mad. And I'm not sure who said there, women attacking women. Did you hear that part? I'm guessing it was a different guy on the panel. But isn't that the truth, eh? Women attacking women, that's what this show should be called. If a guy does something dramatic or extravagant for a woman, for his wife or a girlfriend, is it a common thing for other guys to tear him down and disparage him? I'm not talking about a guy being subservient to and abused by his wife, like Prince Harry is by Meghan Markle. I'm not talking about a woman abusing a man, like this. I'm not talking about a weak-willed man being dominated and controlled uh, by, by his wife, as Harry obviously is by Meghan Markle. <laughs> Excuse us. There we go. I'm talking about a guy doing what Brooke here is doing, doing something positive, maybe a little extravagant for his wife, a big gift, a, a, a jewelry, a, a trip. Uh, new clothes, vacation, here's a gift certificate for a massage, you know, some sort of surprise. I don't know. Maybe it's just my circle of friends, but I don't see guys tearing down other guys for doing little nice things for their wives. Usually that 
translates into guys earning money and spending it on their wives. I think that's sometimes how guys express themselves in a relationship, as a breadwinner, as an earner. I think that goes back to the dawn of time. Leave the cave, go out into the dangerous world at 4.30 in the morning, hunt a beast, kill the beast, drag it back to the cave for your wife and kids to eat, and they've been at home gathering or making the cave nice. I think that's how a lot of guys show love. In 2020, it's go out there and make money and bring it back to the cave for your wife and kids. I, I think it's the same thing, the same instincts, the same way of expressing yourself. I truly think the, the tearing down um, is a w woman against woman thing. And I think that's what we've been watching here on this show, uh, that Today Show in Australia. And I think it's an anti-feminine thing. Brooke is much more feminine than jealous Alison Langford is. Brooke's husband, we, we heard briefly in this clip that he's into mixed martial arts, sounds like he's a bit more masculine than that tubby guy calling him lazy. This segment is a war against women being feminine and a war against men being masculine. It's proof of how awful many journalists are. This whole segment was an attack on a private family, a family that seems to have it together. But there was about three seconds of unvarnished truth in this video. Listen to this. Yeah, you're making yeah. the rest of us look bad. Yeah, no, they're not actually making you look bad. You're making you look bad. Stay with us for more. Well, those are scenes from protests across Canada in recent days. Rail lines have been blockaded and shut down. Commercial rail freight, as well as passenger service via rail, especially in and around uh, Toronto and Ottawa. I see the protests have blocked legislators from entering or leaving the British Columbia legislature in Victoria, B.C. They even blocked the handicapped door. Uh, reporters, for the first time I've ever seen, were miffed by an environmental protest. Normally reporters cheerlead them, but some reporters in Victoria were jostled and otherwise inconvenienced. Don't those protesters know? Those are their allies. Um, some reporters actually started asking difficult questions like, why are you here? And what are you protesting? Of course, the protesters didn't know. They just knew it was time to get out and make a fuss. Well, what is the truth behind the coastal gas link pipeline, the Wet'suwet'en First Nations, and other oil and gas projects in Canada? Joining us now via Skype from Fort McMurray is our friend Robbie Bicard. Robbie, great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You go way back in the advocacy 
of oil and gas. You're Aboriginal yourself. Of course, you're in the heart of oil and gas country. Tell me a little bit about your efforts. You started a pro-oil advocacy group. You're like a one-man army, but you got a <laughs> lot of allies. Refresh our viewers' memories about that. So um, I've been doing, um, I guess, oil, um, I guess I'm going to just call it changes in natural resource activism now for almost five years. And um, it started when I was running the I Love Oil Sands campaign, and then I started Oil Sands Strong. And actually, I recently just got back from uh, Prince uh, George, B.C., and um, I, I'm kind of surprised because the, the the reception in BC and when I was there was complete opposite. Every single uh, Indigenous person I spoke to was 100% in support of the coastal uh, coastal gaslink project. I mean, um, I met with Chief Crystal Smith. I I interviewed her. I did a, a ton of stuff. So. Um, I'm not surprised by this, but I am a, I'm, I'm a little caught off guard at the, the sheer uh, willingness to break the law that, that these people are willing to do to, um, to stop, um, stop any project from happening. And it doesn't matter what the rules are or what the laws are. Um, the people that are on our side, you know, that want, you know, pipelines and support um, LNG going to make the world a, a, a greener place, particularly in China and India, where they're going to be changing from um, certain types of coal to natural gas. You think they'd be thrilled about this? Um, it's, um, it, it doesn't matter um, what if, if we lose a battle on our side. Well, we wait and we we fight another day. We protest, but we do it peacefully. We've never broke the law that I can think of anyone on our side. But the other side, the ones that they don't care is is if they can stop it or prolong it or whatever, they're going to do whatever they can to destroy our economy. And I don't even know why what's motivating them anymore because the vast majority of indigenous people want these projects i mean all of them so i'm i'm I'm, not, I'm blown away but not surprised well i know what you're saying is true because i i've followed the the coastal gas link case in the courts and every single band uh, and i'm I, I refer to indian bands those are the legal entities by which first nations people politically express themselves every one of those democratically elected bands are in favor of this pipeline project. Not most of them, all of them. So when you said 100%, you are being scientifically accurate. Some of them even had referendums amongst their band members. Um, the Wet'suwet'en First Nations are completely in favor of this pipeline. The protesters, our reporter Kian Bexty discovered, there are some honorary traditional uh, hereditary chiefs against it, but none of the democratic politicians of the community and the group that's opposed to it it's not actually an indian band it's a corporation um that, that gets funding from tides like it's not even an indian band that's blocking the pipeline but if you read the cbc you would think what you said is a hundred percent the opposite of the truth if you read the cbc and uh left-wing papers all you would think is every single Wet'suwet'en first nation indian is against this project, but as you said, it's the opposite. Well, I'm learning that there, and we've known this for a long time, we, we know that there's this force 
that they will do whatever it takes. And, and when it's convenient to them, they, they will claim that it has to do with indigenous rights. But the truth of the matter is when the indigenous uh, groups, um, bands, etc., don't support their narrative, they don't care. They don't care about anything about indigenous at all. Their bigger mission is to destroy our energy industry. And I think that their true colors are coming out. Everyone is starting to realize that. People are sick of this. People know that these projects are essential for one, our sovereignty, our economy, and our future. And all of every, I mean, you're right, it's, it's practically 100%, uh, even in Fort McMurray. Even with Chief Alan Adam and his flip-flopping he's doing again, he still supports the tech project. The bottom line is, is that um, everyone, we need this project. All Indigenous groups, organizations, et cetera, support the project. So I guess as Canadians, we have to ask ourselves a question. How much more are we going to take? I mean, they are cutting bridges. They are stopping our elected officials from doing their jobs. They're, impe they're impeding on our right to live our lives in a democratically elected society. And they get away with so much more. And candidly, they're terrorists now. I mean, if they're, if they're cutting bridges and they're, it, it, it's, it's a form of terrorism and it needs to be treated as such. If it's not, and we continue to pacify and give give in to this to this you know um, I don't know if we have Stockholm syndrome or whatever but if we continue to do it then we are going to destroy ourselves as a country um, we've gone through the courts the, these projects have gone through vast regulations and review after review after review and we have I mean we have accepted every decision and moved forward every time. They aren't doing the same. And now, I mean, even, the, you know, uh, Premier Horgan, I mean, he's getting fed up, too. Like, I mean, he said, you know what? The Trans Mountain Pipeline is a done deal. I did everything in my toolbox. There's no more tools. I got a deal. At least he's a big enough man. I did, totally disagreed with everything he's done to that pipeline. But at least he's a big enough man to admit that it's the law is the law. Yeah. If, if Canadians, it doesn't matter. If, if, if we don't accept the rule of law, then why are we even talking about being a country? I mean, it's it's embarrassing. It, this should not be happening. And and we need investment. Any type of project, no matter what it is, we need investment. And if, if this is what the world looks at and says, you know, why would we invest in Canada? Because they can't even they can't even govern and they can't even get their people to accept the rule of law. Then I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau is strategically located in Africa right now, and he says he hopes that uh, the RCMP and the um, blockers of the train can uh, negotiate their differences. Um, well, one side is the law, the other side is the criminals. That's like saying, oh, there's a bank robbery going on. I hope the bank tellers and the robbers can uh, find a compromise. There's, no, no, no. If, if you oppose the pipelines, fine. But you can't block a train. Uh, Robbie, you've said the word they a few times. They're blocking, they, they, they. When Kean Bexty went up to the Coastal GasLink uh, encampment, we managed to identify a number of faces we saw up there. Most of them are not from British Columbia. Most of them are not Aboriginal. So when we say these protesters, like the protesters in Victoria, the protesters uh, in Ontario. Some of them are Aboriginal. Almost none of them are Wet'suwet'en First Nation. 
most of them are just environmental activists, many of whom are on the Tide's payroll. So it's, I think we're afraid of saying but what you've said. These are eco-terrorists. They're not even Aboriginal, but they're, they're renting out. It's like they're, they're appropriating the cultural sensitivities that we feel about Aboriginal folks, and we want to be respectful. These are impersonators saying, I speak for the First Nations. No, they're white liberal activists from Toronto and Vancouver. Well, you know, when when um, I was in Halifax and uh, when we had our little uh, Bring Back the Energies Pipeline rally, and you guys covered it, and I had that big puppet behind my head, I, I thought about that. I mean, I was too busy on emceeing, but I really thought, like, I really like to take 10 of these people in the crowd that are holding these signs and yelling and really hyper-focus on them, find out their names, find out who they are, because... Candidly, I felt the same thing because, like, who are these people? Why are they there? What motivates them? And I think they just they find out there's a protest. They get there. Okay, we're going to be protesting this. They get paid, whatever, and they go. I think in you know in uh, in Vancouver, a lot of them, um, they're I, I don't know. They're just they're kind of on speed dial. It doesn't matter what what it is. It, it gives them a chance to get a little bit of cash, and um, and then they go. I know um, when they had. Um, Camp Cloud, they were getting a lot of the people from Hastings would come out and hang out there, and then now they're all back on Hastings. So it's like, I don't think there's a real legitimate, um, the people that are directly affected, even if they didn't approve the project, I think they've accepted the process, and they've moved on, and they are like, okay, like, the amount, with this coastal gasoline project, like when I I was in uh, Prince George, the amount of pride I've never seen this type of pride before, not even here in Fort McMurray. Because Fort McMurray, uh, arguably, like uh, with our the relationships between industry and the indigenous communities, I mean, it's the, it's the best in the world. I mean, there's, I mean, the, the rest of the world should, for economic reconciliation, they should look at the Fort McMurray on how to develop good relations. Yeah. Um, but they were so, like, they were almost in tears. They were thrilled to have a future and a job. Yeah. And and these are like, I, I was, I was emotionally, and it takes a lot for me to be emotionally affected anymore. Um, and I was emotionally impacted when I when I met with you know with Chief Crystal and and I got to interview her and I got to see. So I think the bigger thing too is whatever company that is that's trying to stop this, they are destroying the lives of Indigenous people. They're destroying their hope and their future, and they're scaring them. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's it's a different form of colonialism, and it's like. This, these projects are going to make the world a better place. They are going to make life for Indigenous people better. It's going to get them things that they've only dreamed of. Education, like I mean, it's count. This, this project is so amazingly good for everyone involved. And these eco terrorists, I mean, they we can't tolerate this anymore. If we if we give in and say, you know what, okay, please stop standing in front of the train. We'll do this, this, and this. I mean we're not it's not good we cannot allow this to happen and regular citizens have to stand up and not allow this to happen yeah because this has gone on too long Robbie I got to tell you that if you were to ask someone who consumes only the mainstream media about the position of indigenous people they would tell you the indigenous people are against this because they don't know the facts you're saying that the chiefs and the bands most affected are the ones who want it the most. I read the court ruling over over Christmas that gave an injunction against this encampment. It was full of statements by local indigenous community leaders, business leaders saying, please 
kick these blockaders out. The people who were pleading to the court in affidavits were local band members, in some cases, band counselors. It's so frustrating to me. Let me ask you this. When you start delaying via rail trains between Ottawa and Toronto, when you start irritating journalists in Victoria, you're, going, you're bothering a different kind of people than just a local blockade. You're bothering the fancy people now in the big cities that voted for Justin Trudeau or whatever. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that's going to cause the Justin Trudeaus and the John Horgans of the world to say, fine, we won't proceed? Or do you think it's going to irritate the allies and the environmentalists and harden their hearts and say, we're going to crack down on your eco-terrorism? Like, the, the bad guys are taking a high-risk strategy with this national lockdown. Do you think it'll pay off for them big time, or do you think it'll backfire? I think that depends. And it doesn't depend on the mainstream media. It doesn't even depend on Justin Trudeau. It depends on, I guess, people on our side, the activists that have been fighting for pipelines, if we are going to step up and we are going to make sure the message of the, we'll say 99% of the indigenous peoples who support these projects, uh, let their voice be heard. If we balance the message, and that's, I mean, it's harder to do. Like, I mean, right now I'm thinking of hopping a plane. And I don't know which direction to go. I'm like, you said, I'm a one man army. <laughs> and, but I'd like, I know that if I go, I might make a bit of a difference to tell the other side of the story. Um, but I have a business and a job and, and, and things that I'm responsible for. It's hard because the people that want these projects generally are hardworking, good hearted people that just want to, earn a good living, uh, you know, save money for the future and support their families. However, I think we're at a critical point and I think we enough is enough. So now is an opportunity for us like to, to stand up to these bullies, these eco-terrorists, um, these criminals and make sure that they can't get away with this. We have to, something has to shift and this, this mentality that you can throw a fit to get what you want and if you don't get what you want, you throw a bigger fit. Um, that has to change and it, it shouldn't be accepted in our country um, at all. Well, Robbie, we support you and uh, you say you did some video interviews. When those are ready, let us know. We'd love to link to them on our website or email them around. And if you do any projects that are interesting, like if you go traveling somewhere, let us know, because we'd love to, to give you publicity. We'd love to film what you're doing. Uh, uh, I've known you for years. You were kind enough to speak at a Rebel Live conference or two. And uh, this is crunch time. Um, I I'm agree. worried that these protests will cause Justin Trudeau to throw his hands up in the air and say, oh, what can I do? So if there's anything we can do to help you, let me know. If anybody wants to help us out a little bit, um, I have a ton of t-shirts for sale. I know that our first order of t-shirts, we had a problem, we've solved that, but um, I've got these great keychains and they're only five bucks and we mail them to you. So they're, uh, that would, oh, I guess I'm showing up there, they're cool. Um, that would be, that'd be, that'd be really helpful. Thank you. Oil and gas strong and, and oil sand strong, of course, is your organization. What's your website that we can order them from? www.oilsandstrong.com oilsandstrong.com all right well that's great i, I got to get one of those because uh, i have a bunch of keys and they're only five bucks i'm in yes 
Uh, no, thank you, my friend, and keep up the fight. If that helps you fuel your machine and it's good advertising on the keychain, that's, a, that's uh, winning both ways. Take care, my friend. Keep up the fight. Okay, thanks, Ezra. Take care. Okay, cheers. Well, that's our friend okay, Robbie Picard. I'm going to get a keychain. All right, stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Of the show today. What do you think of that clip from Australian TV? Look, everyone's family and relationships is their own business, and we don't know what anyone's life is like. Even people who tell us their life is great, it might be terrible. If they tell us their life is terrible, maybe it's great. I don't know. But I, I thought it was really weird that a national TV show would just pluck a woman from obscurity and critique her life. Frankly, Brooke's life seems pretty together. Um, I mean, maybe she's just putting her best foot forward for Facebook like a lot of people do, but I tell you, um, listening to the wailing accusations and criticisms of her from that uh, Australian TV show, I know who seemed to be the happy ones and who seemed to be the unhappy ones. I don't know. I just, I just felt like uh, the media was showing its true colors. I don't think I learned that much about Brooke, but I sure learned a lot about those loser Australian journalists. Anyways, that's the show for today. Until next time. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.